I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Psalm chapter 92 this morning. Psalm chapter 92. And I'd like to actually share with you this morning somewhat for, for us has been one of our major focal points of a theme uh, in, in coming into this year. And this was, this was centered around um, just the overall effects, if I could say, of the last 18 months of living in a period of time where uh, all of us have faced a lot of struggles through COVID. Uh, I was sharing with some of our students just the other day that God has, in particular, chosen this generation to experience something that my generation never experienced in this exact same way. And so you have been living under um, if you've been living under times that are extremely stressful, and the biblical word for that is called tribulation, pressure, um, difficulties that you're going through that create anxieties and worries and fears and insecurities. And so today in my messages, both here in Sunday school and also in the morning service, we'll hit in some of those areas and God is doing something and, and going through this. God never takes you through tribulation without a purpose. There's a, there's a reason for it. And the reason for it is it's actually stretching your faith. It's actually, if I could say it this way, maturing you or growing you up in the Lord, in the ways of the Lord. And in Psalm chapter 92, we find here David is writing, and it's called a psalm or a song for the Sabbath day. And I'm going to begin in verse 1, and I'm going to read it out of my phone this morning. I am modernized. And uh, I'm going to read down, and we're going to look at verse 10 sort of as a text verse that will follow. But it says in verse 1, It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night to the music of the lute and the harp and to the melody of the lyre. So he's telling us to sing and praise the Lord. For you, O Lord, hath made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. So he's talking about how you look at things. How do you view these things? Verse 8, but you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold your enemies, O Lord, for behold your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. And I'm going to use the phrase in the King James Version. It says that you have anointed me, which is the idea of the pouring over. You have anointed me with fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. David here is talking about rejoicing and praising the Lord and then he's bringing us to the reason why he does this. What is, the, what is the specifics of it? 
And essentially, it's, it's him having victory over his enemies, those who attacked him. And of course, David was the king of Israel. He was surrounded by his enemies, just like Israel today is surrounded by its enemies. And of course, there is always the wear and tear factor of having to live under the constant pressure of the negatives that would come upon you from your enemies. I mean, it's just the way life is. We, have, we live with pressure and it wears us down. So what does David say is the answer for that? And we find this in verse 10. He says, but you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. He says, you have poured over me or you have anointed me with fresh oil. This is a positive assurance that David says that you are going to anoint me with fresh oil. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, surely he's referring to an initial anointing that he had received as a teenage boy. In the Bible, the word anointing has the idea of someone being set apart for some specific purpose. So in the Bible, the people that were the priests were anointed or the prophets were anointed. And surely the kings of Israel were anointed, which simply means they were specially chosen and they were set apart for a particular function. And the anointing was that setting apart. But also the anointing was also the idea that there would be provided for you what you need to perform your function. So it was a combination of being chosen, set apart, and at the same time, it was also a, a promise that you would need what you need in your job to get it done, and God will meet that need for you. So David here is talking about the fact that he had in his role, in his life what he needed to accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish that he was confident of this why because as a 17 teen, 17 year old teenage young man the youngest of eight boys in a family that grew up in a little community called Bethlehem his father's name was Jesse that the prophet of God named Samuel came to his house to select the next king of Israel after the failure of Saul and that, that, that king was in that house and he comes into the home of Jesse and there he meets Jesse and his seven sons and each son God said to Samuel, this is not my anointed. And after seven boys going down the line, if you could say, he asked, his, he asked Jesse the father, do you have any more boys? He said, oh yeah, I got one more boy. He's a lad, that is, he's, he's a teenager. And he's out in the fields tending the sheep. And he said, call him in. And they called David in. As he came into the house, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, this is my anointed. And at 17 years old, David was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And now David is writing this psalm as the king of Israel. And what does he do? He looks back on this anointing. And what he is simply saying is this that when God anointed me to be the king, God promised to provide for me everything that I need to perform what God has called me to do. If I could say it this way, in the initial anointing, there's a built-in renewal. Some of you probably get medicine through the mail. 
at least I do. You can either go to the pharmacy or you can get it mailed to you. And I get it mailed to me. And it's a built-in renewal. Every so often it comes back around and when I need the supply, it shows up in the mail for me. What is David saying here? He is saying that there is a perpetual supply for me in my role as the king to perform and do what God has called me to do. He knew that the God of all grace would always give him more grace. He knew that when he stood in the grace line to come to the throne of grace, that when he would get to the front of the line and ask God for more grace, God would, would not say, I've run out. Have you ever been to a restaurant when they say they run out of food? I was in a restaurant recently and they said they ran out of chicken. I thought, how in the world can a restaurant run out of chicken? But they did. And what David is saying is, when I come to the Lord, I know that everything that I need to do what God has called me to do, God will provide for me because he has anointed me with fresh oil. Now, let's take that idea and expand it. Let's, as we would say, go down into the weeds a little bit more. And let's take it how that expansion of God's provision for us meets all the needs of our life. Now, let me suggest to you a number of things what David meant when he said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And the first thing I'd like to say is David meant that God would renew him with fresh strength. And how do we know that? Because when we go back to the text and we read verse 10, he uses an illustration. He says, but you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. The horn in the Bible was always a picture or a symbol of strength. Like the horn of a rhinoceros as he moves it around. Or like the horns of elephants, the elephant tusks as symbols of their strength and their power. He says here, you have exalted my strength like that of a wild ox. Now the word here for wild ox, maybe a better way to understand it would be like a bull in an arena, a bull arena in Spain and the matador standing there and the bull is charging at him. You've probably seen those pictures. And of course, in ancient times, some have suggested that this may be an animal that is actually extinct. But whatever it is, if you're a hunter, it's the prize. And of course, in those days, they didn't shoot them with rifles. They killed them with spears and arrows. So to go out and to hunt for an animal like this was extremely risky. And here's what David is doing. He's taking this illustration of this wild bull ox, fierce, scary. And he says, my strength that God gives me is like the strength of this wild ox. We would say he's pumped. He's strong. And he's talking about the strength that God gives to his people when they have to go through life and they are constantly being worn down, God gives his people strength. Do you need strength this morning? Do you feel like you can't 
go on? The anointing that you have received is actually given to you at the moment of your salvation. Sometimes I'll hear people say, you know, give them an anointing. I can't give you an anointing. The Lord gives you an anointing. In fact, as he writes in 1 John, in John's letter, he talks about that we have been anointed. That anointing is with the Holy Spirit. If you have been given the Holy Spirit, which you have if you're a believer, that is an anointing. With that comes all the promises of God to give you what you need. How often did Paul pray for strength? Strengthen them with might by your spirit on the inner man. And the promise here is God gives strength. Psalm 103, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I made a very serious mistake when I was 44 years old. That mistake was that I went to my alma mater. I went to uh, my education. Uh, I did, of course, regular high school. I did public high school education in South Carolina. And then I went to a military school in Charleston, South Carolina called the Citadel. And I graduated from the Citadel. And then after that, I went to seminary at Bob Jones University. While I was a cadet at the Citadel, I played on the varsity soccer team for four years. And uh, so when I got out of school, I kept playing soccer. Fact is, when I was a youth pastor in Michigan, I coached soccer for five years. And when I would work at a particular camp up in northeastern Wisconsin called Northland Camp, there was a Bible college there, and they had a soccer team. And I would scrimmage with the soccer guys in late August and play with them. And I did that all the way up until I was about 50 years old. And I knew that I was going downhill because I went from scrimmaging with the guys to scrimmaging with the girls. And then the real day that sort of settled it all was when I told the girls, don't hurt me. And when I said to the girls, don't hurt me, I gave up playing soccer because at some point in your life, you have to move from strength to wisdom. And so that's what I tried to do. But, but I went back to the Citadel at the age of 44 years old to play in the alumni soccer match. And it was the alumni soccer players playing against the cadet soccer team, the Citadel soccer team. And when I walked out on the field, I realized I had made a serious mistake. And the reason is at 44 years old, you may think you have the strength. But when you watch a 21-year-old man run up and down the field and he runs like a gazelle, and I run like a penguin, then I realized I had lost strength. In life, you often lose strength. But with the Lord, though the outward man perish, the inward man can be renewed day by day. So the promise of the Lord is the promise for strength. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. Someone says, I can't go on. And the Lord says, you can. Why? Because I will anoint you with fresh oil. But then secondly, I think David meant here that not only would he be refreshed with strength, but he would be refreshed with a sense of God's favor or God's Maybe I could say it this way, acceptance. In biblical times, whenever you would travel to someone's home and you would enter in as a house guest, a good, uh, a, 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 a good reception of that individual would, would involve three things. The first thing you would do is you would wash the feet of the one that came to your house, just like you take your shoes off if you go into certain people's homes. 
because you've been wearing sandals on dusty roads and they would wash your feet. Second thing they would do is they would give you a kiss, just like we give a hug. And the third thing they would do is they would refresh you by anointing your face with olive oil and it would relax you, it would refresh you. And so the whole process was a, was a sign of acceptance or blessing or reception or favor. And David says that he has received this blessing of favor in the past over his life and he knew the Lord had blessed him. David had God's favor when he was a shepherd boy. David had God's favor as a, as a warrior when he fought for the Lord. David had God's favor as the king in Israel. And every favor he received is a, is a pledge from God to, to have more to follow. And I think this anointing of fresh oil is God's continuing favoring. Sometimes we will often pray in our, in our locale. We'll pray for God's favor, or we would say it this way, we will pray for God's blessing. And God will bring his favor to his people as they seek him. And oftentimes he'll bring favors and you didn't even know it was coming. I was preaching a number of years ago in in a small town in Indiana, and one night after the service, I was doing what a lot of pastors do. I was standing at the door shaking hands, and a man came by, shook my hand, and I felt a piece of paper in my hand, didn't know what it was, but I didn't want to take the time to look at it, so I stuck it in my pocket, and uh, the church folks had left, and afterwards, I put my hand in my pocket, I pulled out the paper, and it was a $100 bill. I went, wow, that's a blessing. Somebody said, Money can't make me happy. And I go, I agree, but go ahead and give me $100 anyway. That evening, we came back to church, had service, and afterwards, I'm shaking hands, and this man comes by, shakes my hand, and I feel a piece of paper in my hand again. I didn't know what that was, and I put it in my pocket. And after everybody left, I got kind of excited, and I thought, what's there? And I pulled it out. It was another $100. I thought, who is this man? Monday night, I come to church, and I'm speaking on Monday night, and I started looking for that man. <laughs> he did that for five services. I still don't know who the man is. And I remember I came to Wednesday night, and I wanted to ask the pastor, can we extend the meeting maybe two more nights? And I found out that throughout all of my life, and I use that just as a simple illustration because I still don't know who the man was, that God sends favors or blessings in so many different ways. And obviously, they're not, material is irrelevant to all of the blessings he gives in life. And he, he refreshes you. He encourages you that he has not left you, that you are still his child. And he shows these favors. He, he anoints you with fresh oil. But let me also suggest, number three, that, that David, I think, surely meant here that his leadership would be confirmed. Because when you read the text here, he's talking about leading and having to deal with enemies. It is noteworthy that David was anointed three times. First by Samuel as a 17-year-old boy. Second by the men of Judah 
who had reigned over a part of the nation, and then the third time was when he was 30 years old, because David was anointed at 17, but he didn't officially enter into his function as the king of all the 12 tribes of Israel till he was 30 years old. And at Hebron, the whole Israelite nation came together, and David was solemnly elected to be their king. These anointings were confirmations of his royal position. And it was a leadership issue. And one of the things I think that we find here is that God had to confirm his leadership. Leadership's an interesting thing because, as we know in the Christian realm, leadership is not me telling you what to do because a spiritual leader is not a dictator. And Jesus made that very clear. That when Jesus wanted to show leadership, he washed the feet of his disciples. Because he said, if you want to be great, you have to be a servant. And so oftentimes, and yet we also understand, and we, and we know this even in our world today, that everything rises and falls on leadership. You have to have good leaders. Churches often will struggle because there are leadership problems within the framework. Businesses struggle leadership. Institutions struggle leadership. And I think what David was saying, and by the way, we know that good leadership is always a great blessing to people. When you have leaders who serve the people and they live out as a good example and they serve to make others better and greater, that is a great, great blessing to have that kind of leadership. And I think what David is telling us here that his late leadership had to be confirmed by the Lord. God had to do it. David faced all kind of enemies, the mockery of Goliath, the jealousy of Saul, the attack of the Philistines, the rebellion of his son Absalom, the bad counsel of his father-in-law named Ahithophel, and David's own personal failures as a leader. And yet in all of these things, God had to confirm, had to strengthen David. And so oftentimes in any setting, we should pray for God's strengthening of the leaders, and that there would be a refreshing. You've come and you have anointed me with fresh oil. And then let me also say that I think David here meant when he talked about being refreshed with his, his blessing and pre, uh, presence, that David said that, if I could say it this way, he would be upgraded for his office by the bestowal of fresh grace. And let me just explain it this way. It's one thing to have a position as a leader it's another thing to have influence. If I could say it this way as an illustration, a lady came and touched the hem of Jesus's garment. She said, if I may touch him, I'll be made whole. And instantly when she touched his garment, the Bible says virtue went out of him and healed the woman. It was a miracle. And there was this power that went out of Christ. And I think in this case, when David said, you will anoint me with fresh oil, it's one thing to be the king. It's another thing to have, if I could say this way, the power and influence of the king, not just in the position, but in the influence like Christ influenced people by the power of his own life. And I think here we, we come to realize that God has to constantly if I could say it with this way, God has to constantly work through us in order to work in the lives of other people. 
And that David here was saying, God will constantly strengthen and empower me to be able to fulfill my office and work to have influence. Uh, it's very easy to be in a position of leadership and that position, that position over time is weakened because of a lack of ongoing blessing of God and the working of God in that person's life. So as a leader in my, my position, okay, I know I have a position, but the position is irrelevant if I'm not walking with the Lord and being close to the Lord and God working through me because God always works in you to work through you. That's where leadership really is effective. And so when David said that you will anoint me with fresh oil, I think he was talking about this upgrade. And one final thing, I'll say this in closing. I think David here meant, as he talked about being anointing with fresh oil, that he, he would also experience in his life, if I could say it this way, new experiences or new expressions of joy that he has in his life from the presence of the Lord. When David said, you will anoint me with fresh oil, what do we read in the whole psalm? It, he is expressing his joy and his delight in the Lord. The greatest time of my day is when I wake up in the morning and do what I've tried to do over the course of my Christian experience. It's always my high time of the day. I wake up and I do what everybody should do in the morning, and that is make a pot of coffee. And take that time, make your coffee the way you make it, and then sit down and open the Bible and delight in your God. And whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or whatever time you have, that, that, that hopefully leisure 30 minutes where you can read the word and let God speak to you and refresh you with his presence so that you begin the day not finding joy in the circumstances of the day. Because sometimes your day goes downhill real fast. But begin your day with the refreshment that comes from the presence of the Lord and you have a real sustained joy. That's what really strengthens you throughout your life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think David meant here that this anointing with fresh oil surely had to be that refreshing presence of the Lord that brings joy in your life. So confidently and with great assurance, David said, Lord, you will anoint me with fresh oil. And so I hope the Lord will bless you with these things. His joy, his favor, his grace, his empowerment in your life, his strength for where you are. And this is a, a promise that we can come and ask God to give because it's a promise in his word. May we pray together. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And thank you, Father, that we have in you all that we need in Christ, all sufficiency. We are complete in him. All fullness is in Christ and in him because he is our head. We have all that we need to sufficiently live through the day. God bless each one this morning with your fresh oil anointing 
In Jesus' name, amen.